Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a mini episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. And my name is Des. And um, for this mini-sode, since, you know, it's, it's the election, uh, we are seeing the aftermath of COVID voting. And <laughs> what I wanted to do for everybody today is, is really kind of walk through and talk through the process that is the Electoral College, because that's something that a lot of people really don't understand. And I even have to admit that I didn't fully understand it myself. Um, but it does have a very key role in the United States, and um, it's pretty important as to how we actually elect our leaders. And I know that a lot of people have um, a very negative feeling toward the Electoral College, um, especially when it comes to the popular vote and not really understanding what it does for us. Um, and we can dive into that a little bit, too. But... Um, before we get anywhere, since it's a mini, I don't know, do you want to talk about how you are, Tess? I mean, I'm better now, um, just for the update of our listeners. Um, Tess is dumb sometimes and forgets to eat, like, a lot, especially when I'm stressed, which has been a thing lately. Um, so I had to call Lauren like, right before this episode started recording and be like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but like, I can't see and I can't breathe and I'm shaking like a damn chihuahua. Um, can you help me? She was like, I don't know if you're having a panic attack, but we're going to go through this process. Thank you, Lauren, for helping me. Turned out I didn't eat for 48 hours, at least like not more than 600 calories. So everybody out there remind yourselves to eat if you're like me <laughs> yep and please please eat eating is important <laughs> I agree that eating is important I forgot I, I didn't purposely look at the mirror and be like I'm not gonna eat today I was just like oh yeah you know I'm doing stuff also my dumbass went to jujitsu like I walked off the mat like jittery and shaking going oh my god I'm about to fall over well yeah you just rolled with three boys that outweigh you by 50 pounds each and you didn't eat anything today wonder what's wrong with Tess so, how are you Lauren <laughs> I'm good I, better I'm, than me I'm good yes I'm I'm better I'm better than that um I'm a little stressed myself, but you know, this is just the, the world that we're in. And it's a stressful time. Everything's going to be fine no matter what happens. So um, I think I'm just going to dive right down into it. Um, I want to start with some background. Uh, basically, this is going to piss a lot of people off, but like, I'm going to give you guys the actual nitty gritty because I'm a historian and I don't feel like sugarcoating shit for anybody right now. <laughs> So um, we're going to talk a little bit about what the right to vote is. 
too. So just for background, um, the right to vote is, is really something that's in air quotes. It, it's, not, it's not actually a right. Uh, it was never actually considered a right by the founding fathers to be an inalienable right. Um, the right to vote actually came along with the idea of having representation and it actually had to be taken to the Supreme Court a number of times, you know, most notably the 15th Amendment, which uh, disallowed discrimination based on skin color. So this was after the Civil War. This was after the Emancipation Proclamation. This was even, I think it was during Abraham Lincoln's um, presidency. But this is what allowed people of color to actually vote. And this wasn't just like anybody that was a person of color. This was men. Those were men that were people of color. Um, the 19th Amendment allowed women to vote. So now you have women that are actually able to take part in the process. And mind you, this is about 60 years apart when women were actually now able to vote. Um, and now we actually get into, you know, when the voting age was lowered, which was actually in the 70s. And the voting age was lowered to 18, which is the 26th Amendment, um, back in 1971. So before any of this happened, before voting was even a concept, um, the Founding Fathers actually debated heavily on who should be able to vote and how those votes would actually count. Right. So, so that also brings into question, like, you know, the, the three-fifths compromise, which is absolutely horseshit anyways, because you're basically saying that a slave was three-fifths of a person, which we all know that is not the case. No. Every human being is a human being. Every human being has true inalienable rights that are protected under the Bill of Rights. But in all honesty, the right to vote truthfully wasn't really considered that. I mean, it, it's been taken to the Supreme Court. It now has been added as an amendment, but that was never truly what the quote-unquote right to vote was meant to be. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason that that existed or that that train of thought existed within the um, uh, the founding fathers is because there was truly a, a split on who believed that the populace would be involved in the vote. Um, and, and there were those that truly believed that elected officials would truly have their own class and structure, much like in arist aristocracy. I was about to say aristocracy. The aristocrats. Yeah, I was about <laughs> the to say the aristocrats <laughs> <laughs> of England. So the aristocrats of England um, was basically just supposed to be the, the uh, yeah, the, the aristocrats. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, keep in mind that the idea of a republic, of, of even a democracy, this was a theory. This was not something that had been practiced in any civilization in the 1700s. This was something that the Founding Fathers were legitimately living on a prayer <laughs> as yeah. to what the fuck they were actually doing. So back to voting. Voting was never considered to be a quote-unquote right. It was a privilege and a duty for those whom were going to be affected by the government in which was meant to serve them. So right. like, that's something else that people really need to keep in mind is that the government <laughs> is meant to serve us. These are our elected leaders. These are people yeah. that are working for us. And that's not in a way where it's like, we need to have, you know, X, Y, Z things come from the government. It's legitimately that these people are meant to serve your 
interest. And that's something that even at this time, I think we really need to, you know, be cognizant of. Um, but, you know, in the way back machine, um, at that time, it, it was essentially landowning white men only. Right. That's just the reality. Um, the Electoral College was established as a compromise between those founding fathers who believed that laymen should not be a part of picking the leader of the free world, and instead the vote was utilized to decide who would serve in the Electoral College and serve as the voice of the people. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So what we're talking about now is that we are saying that who the lay people vote for is actually who would then be the electors for the president. And as we've evolved as a country, so as the Electoral College, before the Electoral College uh, was two votes for two representatives, so you would think about your senators voting for the president on your behalf. So now with all of the changes to voting laws, states having a sizable number, states have a sizable number of electors. Um, and it's decided by the state size and by size, I, I mean like population, not square footage, else, you know, Alaska and Texas would determine almost every single fucking election. Right. Um, and this is in order to keep states from electing one populace icon for the nation because of certain cities that gravitate toward certain leaders as opposed to the entire population that has that believes that another leader might have their best interest at heart. So this right. is why, you know, San Francisco doesn't get to decide the vote for the entire country, just like all the little down-home Texas people don't get to decide the entire election for people. Yeah, I was kind of looking at that as I was watching some of the maps and the numbers and stuff come in. And if you look at, like, San Francisco area, L.A. County, all that kind of stuff, they can outvote entire states. And I'm not advocating for or against Electoral College because I don't know enough about it yet to advocate one way or the other. But just the sheer numbers baffled me because what works for somebody in a very metropolitan area of California may or may not work for that guy that has 80 square miles to himself in Montana, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I thought that was really interesting. So, you know, something to think about. Yep. So when we talk about, you know, everybody wants to tell everybody else to take a step back from their own point of view, but, you know, have you really considered the, the farmers? Have you considered the, um, the, the person that really is truly down on their luck in the inner city. Like, have you truly yeah. thought about somebody else today? Have you taken yourself out of your comfort zone and considered that other person? Um, but any hoozles, today what we have is a general election. And in our general election, we are directly voting for our local government and state laws and those amendments to those state statutes that we have in our own states. Right. However, a misconception is that we are voting for the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. We are not. Okay. We're voting for our electors who have been pre-chosen by the political party, the senators, the governors, etc., to represent us via the popular vote by state. So what this means is that we're actually looking at people when we check, you know, the the Kanye West box or we check the Trump box or we check the Biden box. What we're actually doing is we are checking the box of this is who 
I want, I want this particular leader's political party to go forth and vote for me in the electoral college for the actual president of the United States. Right. Okay. So that's why we also will see things like uh, quote unquote unfaithful electoral votes at times, like in 2000 with George W. Bush and Gore. Um, you guys have to keep in mind that these are still people. Like these are still people who can decide like ourselves not to vote down party lines and take a chance on another candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it is worth mentioning, like regardless of the popular vote, these unfaithful electors, which like I also don't like, by the way, like these people are doing their civic duty to select whomever is going to uphold the constitution to the best of their abilities and protect the United States. So like they have a huge responsibility to do. And Yeah, they- that's big. Yeah, and to think that to think that what they think is best for this country and not their party is like unfaithful just kind of like grinds my gears. But I mean, I I will say and again, this is not a biased thing this is. I heard a rumor in 2016 that there would be a very large amount of unfaithful electors or that was expected in 2016. I don't believe that it ended up happening, but it was during the outcry and the uproar of we can't believe this just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard that there were worry of many unfaithful electors, which could have changed the outcome. Like could have swung it the other way. Mm-hmm. Well, even to keep that in mind, um, in the past, this has happened about a handful of times. Um, none of these unfaithful, quote unquote, unfaithful electors actually affected the way that the election went regardless. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, that's something that we also need to keep in mind is when we're talking about this popular vote and these electoral college and everything else, the popular vote does not and will not ever truly determine the winner of the election because the electoral college does that. Right. And the electoral college does that because it's to protect a minority of the population from the majority of the population. Because even if you have a populist leader who, again, gets many votes in one state, doesn't mean the rest of the states want that leader. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, So when you are voting for the general election, the popular vote truthfully doesn't mean very much. Um, You know, if... I've I've already gone into this, but, you know, there's more people in California than, like, Idaho. So if Idaho votes red and California votes blue... The Republican candidate will need many more electors in their corner for the electoral the electoral college come January sixth, which is when the actual election takes place. By the way, November is truthfully just a tradition that we kept because it was after um, the harvest time, mm-hmm. and it's on a Tuesday because people would take Sunday as a day of rest. It's the, it's uh, the Sabbath. It's not the Sabbath. Is it the Sabbath? Is that what it's it's the day of rest. The Sabbath is supposed to be Saturday. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I don't remember anymore. It's the I Lord's have family day. that's Jewish. <laughs> Protestant the- Sabbath is on Sunday if we want to get really mincy. But yeah, <laughs> Sabbath is Saturday. It's a... It's the it's the Lord's Day is Sunday. Anyways, um, so so this would allow it it being on Tuesday would allow farmers to make the travel to the poll, and then it being in November, it was before it was too cold for people to actually go and vote, and then all of these votes would be taken, 
they would be counted. The electors would go on their merry way. And then January 6th is when the vice president and um, the secretary, I think it's the secretary of state. I might be misspeaking, but the vice president is actually who collects these votes along with a panel of other people and then determines who the next upcoming president, president elect is. Mm -hmm. And that's why the inauguration is actually January 20th. Like there's a whole entire purpose and plan, shockingly, it's like it was thought out or something Yeah. to our government. Um, so any hoozles, <laughs> popular vote. word of the day, any hoozles, any hoozles, hashtag any hoozles. <laughs> The popular vote really doesn't affect the presidency because we are not voting for the president. We're voting for the electors to vote for the president. Correctly. And that will happen on January 6th. Okay. Well, I have a question if you're at a pausing point. I am. Okay. Why is it that if 49% of the votes in one state are red and 51% of the votes in the same state are blue, why do all 100% of the electoral votes vote blue? Like, I do, it, caveat, in my mind, very small, again, don't have knowledge on this. This was Lauren's research episode. Um, it makes more sense to a small-minded person that if it's split half and half, like maybe you split it half and half and one extra elector goes to the side that was the 51%. But it's not like all of the 38 electors of Texas would vote the same way. So explain this to me. So truthfully, it's just written that it's kind of a winner take all unless there has been an amendment within the state that the state has decided to split it. So I believe it's um, New England and Maine and Nebraska split their electoral votes by using the congressional district method. That one. Woo. There you go. There's there's the fun fact. Yeah, so they actually split them, but it's a state's decision to do that. And it also has hmm. to be written into the state legislation to do that. Um, something to also keep in mind is that Virginia actually tried to pass a uh, amendment to their state legislation that would have the popular, regardless of what happened in the state of Virginia, Whoever the popular vote was would be who the electoral college would then vote for within the state of Virginia. Okay. So in all honesty, that goes against the founding father's vision of the electoral college protecting truly the minority of the country. Right. Because even though we have a certain uh, cognition that goes along with the word minority in this country... There are far more people that live in cities than people that live on a farm. Also, all of the coastal states, I feel like, are more populated than any of the internal is the wrong word, but the ones that are landlocked. Yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, people flock to the ocean. It makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, all of those people where the majority of our farming crops and factories and other stuff comes from, like, they need to get a say too. And so I don't know, again, I'm not advocating for or against because I didn't do the research on it, but it just makes me wonder how could we make it fair? So many people have been crying for abolition of the electoral college. So it's like, okay, if we abolish that, how do we keep LA County from outvoting things like Montana and Idaho? 
Well, I don't think that you need to get rid of the electoral college. I think realistically, it would be better to have transparency as to who your electors are going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, because electors aren't meant to be people like senators or governors or people that are going to benefit from the political party in charge. Right. So, you know, I believe Hillary Clinton was uh, suggested and was made an elector for the state of New York, which like, congratulations, she's done a lot in her career. Um, A lot of it has been considered tumultuous as well, depending on who you follow and that's totally fair and legit but at the end of the day i think that if we were to actually vote on our electors then we could also decide whether or not we wanted it to be literally party line as opposed to just voting for who we believe we're voting for i.e the popular election saying here's your biden box here's your trump box here's your Green Party, Joe Jorgensen, whomever box. Right. Um, and having it be something where I just don't think that the, the, the population is educated enough to understand what the Electoral College does. And right. I, that's not a dig at anybody. I truthfully didn't really understand too much about it myself um, because I didn't pay attention during that one class in high school. But They kind of glossed over it too, because I remember learning a little bit about this and it was explained to me in really simple terms where it was, you know, the thing about people in cities can outvote people in rural areas of the, the middle of the, you know, flyover states to quote a few songs. Um, But I know that now after listening to you, that that is a technical definition and not a literal one. Right. So I don't know. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think that if we could actually vote on who our electors were and we could do research on those people in specific, then maybe we'd have a better chance at having a more moderated, true election as to who we want to see. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that with the popular vote and the way that we do things now, there really is just a misconception as to if X person wins the popular vote, then they are the president of the United States. And that's not how it works. Right. Right. I don't know. And I would also like to do research because I don't like to take a stance without researching it first. Engineer, (laughs) engineer. Um, But I would like to go back to past elections and say, if you did split the electoral college based on percentage of popular vote within state, and just basically act like it's not people with decisions, but it's just numbers. And if this percentage of the popular vote and this percentage of the popular vote will split, then that is the number by which we are going to split the electors of that state and go through and do it for all 50, for all three or four parties, whatever you want to call it. I would like to see what the outcomes would be, if they would be the same or if they would be different. Well, I feel like that's kind of, and I don't truthfully know enough about the parliamentary system that kind of exists, not kind of, it exists in in the, the European countries. But I feel like from the research that I've done about World War II, that that's kind of how that works for them. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's been, you know, floated around because of how people really don't want to have just two parties, right? Like, right. It, and and we were never meant to have two parties. It was we were never meant to have factions to begin with. That was George Washington's dying wish was to not separate into factions because of exactly where we are today, and right. what's been happening for the past 
honestly, since probably the civil war began, this is just Mm -hmm. what happens when you degradate people down into boxes, as opposed to seeing every corner and opportunity to understand and care and be there for your fellow human being. And you're just a party line. Yeah. And I mean, even back in George Washington's time, there were more than two parties because there was the Whig party, which got renamed and then another one dropped off. And I don't know all the specific history, but I know that there was more than two because they're listed that way. You know, when you look up the presidents, they're not all Republican and Democrat. Some of the earlier ones have different names. So like you said, probably civil war or so it just kind of got lost. Well, the Democrats have been around for a while. The Republicans became, the Republicans are actually the party of Abraham Lincoln. Um, yeah, but no, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to think right now. It looks really weird. I don't understand what's going on. I know both sides are in an uproar. Everything's going bonkers. It feels like when I was little in the nineties, <laughs> it seemed like elections were so straightforward. <laughs> Pardon me, I've had this cough for four weeks. Um, it seemed like they were so straightforward, and now it's just like a shit show. Yeah, things things seem a little weird. And, you know, I, I know that this is coming from a place where it, it genuinely is coming from the heart where I really hope that everybody stays safe. I really hope that everybody Taking the moral high ground and respecting your fellow man. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go with it that way because I – Again, I'm trying not to take sides here, but respecting your fellow man, taking the moral high ground. And I don't mean that in party faction. I mean that just on the street when you meet somebody, like not snapping judgment, not whatever, you know. Stop being assholes. Like everybody, everybody. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> stop being a fucking asshole. Like it's gotten, it's, it's exhausting. It's fucking it really exhausting, is. guys. Like there's really no is. reason. There's no reason. And I, I mean, yeah, just, just let's not, just let's not be assholes. Be safe, be smart, be caring. We all have to live with each other tomorrow, the next day and the next day. So let's be cool about it. Yeah. Just don't be a fucking asshole. (laughs) And that's it. There's your love all your beautiful human unicorns, no matter who they vote for. Yep. Literally. Literally. Love all your beautiful human unicorns. All right, guys. We love you so much. We hope you're making it through the election. Don't get too stressed. Don't abuse substances. Don't forget to eat like I did. Um, Because we do want to see you on the next episode. And Lauren and I will be together this coming up weekend. So if if any of you guys want us to do like an Instagram live or something like that, I don't think we're probably big enough to offer this. But if you do... Let us know on the off chance. Um, and <laughs> don't forget to go give us a follow on Mind Over Millennial Podcast at Instagram or shoot us your thoughts and requests at mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com. And we love you guys. We will see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.